The following audio is from The House in Rogers, Arkansas. More information about The House Church can be found at www.welcometothehouse.com. We are ending our third part. Uh, We have been doing uh, a two-part series on unleashing the power, and we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. And so last week we took a break and we just talked about maybe the acts of what the Holy Spirit does in your life. But I, but I wanted to end and kind of wrap all of this up as, uh, and then we're going to go on to some other series and some other things. But I really wanted to end this and, and my assignment today is the key to victory. I don't know about you, but I want to win. Anybody want to win? Come on, you, you've got to want to win. I, know, I mean, I know that, that there are times when I've played games with people and they have the mindset, oh, it, it doesn't matter who wins or loses. We're just trying to have, not at my house. At my house, we winning. <laughs> Somebody's going to win. If we sit down at the table, there's, there's going to be a winner and there's going to be a loser. And I'm sorry, but if you want to win, you'll have to come back and we'll beat you again. I mean, that's just, I, I want to win. I want to have a faith that wins. I want to have a life that wins. I don't know. I've been, I, we're getting ready to get into football. And I don't know if we have any football fans, but, but I have a prayer. And, and you, you will hear this if you come back. And if you do, that would be awesome. But, but if you come back, from September to December, you're probably going to hear inserts of the Razorbacks and the Cowboys. You're probably going to hear messages that may correlate with those two thoughts. And so don't judge me. Don't hate me. All I'm saying is, you know, God teaches us through things that we do every day. And so my greatest prayer, other than my, uh, my kids turning out to be awesome believers, my second prayer is that both teams would win a championship in the same year. So I am praying for that. I am young. I know the history. Don't even, no, don't hate. Uh, but, but anyway, um, but it's amazing because now we're in a time where everybody is talking about football in sports. The, the basketball is over. We're talking about, and they're breaking it down. They're analyzing everything. They're talking about last year's, the plays, the coaches, the schedules. That They're talking about everything. And, and all with this, this mindset of what do these teams need to do to win? What is the key to victory? And they'll say, well, it is these five players or these five players could add to what could potentially be a good or bad season. And, and they'll just, and it's all, you know, hypothetical, but they're all trying to come up with what is the key to win? You know, and, and, and as I was thinking about all of this and listening to all of these different opinions, we as believers, we have a key to be victorious. And, and, and we have a coach that, that Jesus said, I'm going to leave him with you so that he can help you. Now, we're in a day and, and time, and maybe it's been around forever, but at least since I've, I've grown up, I'm, I'm 40 now, so I, I, as I, the last 25 years, I've really seen these life coaches. Everywhere you go, there's a life coach. It's funny, if you, if you look on Facebook or whatever, it's like their job, their title of a person, and then life coach. Like everybody's a life coach of something. And, 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 it's, and it's funny because it's like, what do you do? Oh, I sew, but I'm a life coach. You know, I'm like, well, what do you do? Oh, oh, yeah, no, I drive a bus, but I'm a life coach. I mean, everybody's a life coach, and that's great. You know, I have people coaching me and helping me, you know, 
in, in, in growing the church and, and, and taking care of people and pastoring people. I have people speaking into my life, so I'm not against that. But it's amazing how we can get that on a practical level, but we miss the Holy Spirit as like the ultimate life coach that can really help us. And, you know, the crazy thing about life coaches is I don't need it when I'm making an appointment. I need it like right now. So if you don't answer your phone right now when I'm making this life-changing decision, I'm going to forget about it when we meet. I need it like right now. Like, okay, I'm going to do this or this. Life coach, that's, that's what the Holy Spirit does. And so as I'm, I'm thinking about this, and I want us to understand as a church that we have a key to victory. And I want to give you two passages of Scripture to start out with. The first is this in Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 14. It says, For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. Come on. We don't serve a sissy God. We serve a compassionate God, a merciful God, a gracious God, but we don't, but we don't serve a sissy God. We serve a God that will go and fight for you and get it done for you. Now, here's the thing. For the Lord your God, he who goes with you, he goes with you. Well, now, how do we know that he goes with us? Well, back in that time, they had the tabernacle. They had, they had ways where God would move with them. But for us now, he moves in us and with us with the Holy Spirit. And teaches us and helps us. And it's real time. You know what I'm saying? It, it's a real time experience. Go to this next verse. I want to show you Galatians chapter 5 verse 15 through 21. And we're going to spend some time talking about this. See then that you walk circumspectly. Not as fools but as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Man was this written today? You know what I'm saying? I mean you can't, you can't turn on the TV without covering your eyes. You, I mean there's just... It's everywhere. It, it, it's, it doesn't matter what it is. It, someone's telling you, you need to buy a new car. You need to buy a new car. You need to buy a new car. I just got a car a year ago. You need to buy a new car. You need to buy a car. Yeah, my car stinks. I need a new car. I mean, it's like whatever it is, you're, it's not good enough. You know, your house isn't good enough. What you're, what you're, what you're wearing ain't good enough. Every, and, and so we're being programmed on a daily basis. Lust of the flesh, pride of life. You know what I'm saying? We're being, we're being programmed all the time that the life that we have is just not good. I mean, I'm eating. My family loves me. But this can't be it. This is just not good enough. And, and here's the deal. This is being written because here's the deal. Walk then as wise, but not as fools. Okay? Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Man, I meet so many Christians that are like, well, you know, I just, I just need to know what God's will is for my life. I just need to know what I need to do. If I could just have God on like, hit the red button, come on. If I could just hit the easy, the staples red button, and, he, and, and, and God could just answer me at any whim then I would be good. But, but here's the thing, is that it's about to tell you what needs to happen. Which, do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, go, go, but be filled with the Spirit. In other words, figure out what the will of God is. Okay, here's what it is. Be filled with the Spirit. 
speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making a melody in your heart. It's amazing to me when people are free, they're happy. I know it's weird. But it's, it's interesting to watch the praise of free people versus the praise of people who are bound. You know what I'm saying? Free people are like, oh my gosh, I should have been in hell. You know what I'm saying? They're dancing. You know what I'm saying? Free people are like, I know what I should be. I know what I could be. I know what, oh dear God, no one found out that I repented before they found it. You know what I'm saying? My boss didn't find out. Nobody, oh yeah. And you can watch the freedom come. But people who are trapped, and I'm not saying this, so, so don't even get mad at me. Don't, I'm never coming back. Uh, it says there are wise and there are unwise. When you accept the Holy Spirit and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, it looks like it's, a, it's an equation that happens. People who are unwise try to fill up with things that will never free them. Why would he mention drunkenness in this? He's talking about the Holy Spirit. Why? The reality is this. We are always going to be looking for something to make us feel a little bit better about ourselves. But Jesus said, wait for the Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit comes, let him fill you. And guess what will happen? You'll be free. Your heart will change. Your praise will change. Your song will change. Your outlook on life will change. Everything will change. What this is to me is the key to victory is allowing the Holy Spirit to move in our life. That's the key. The key to breaking generational curses. The key to breaking addiction. The key to, the key to overcoming some areas. The key to overcoming some fear. The, the key to moving forward has to be allowing the Holy Spirit to move in our life. Giving thanks always for the things God the Father in the name of Jesus Christ submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. Come on, it looks like the Holy Spirit is the one that ultimately, as we bring him in, our praise changes, our outlook changes, our community changes, our friendships change. Everything changes when we allow the key to come in and free us. And that's what I want to talk about. There are four activation points of the Holy Spirit. And I want to talk about all four of these real quick and just leave you thinking. The first is, is power. And we talked a little bit about this in our previous series, but I, I want to go a little bit deeper. Power to do what? Power to be a witness. That's what the Bible says, that the, the Holy Spirit was given for us to have power to be a witness. Two things that happen in this power. The first is that we can overcome sin, and the second is that we can act. Yeah. The reason people look at Christianity as it's not really relevant. In fact, Christianity is very irrelevant because we're not overcoming sin and we're not acting. We want safe communities. We want safe churches. And here's the thing. Jesus did not tell the disciples, you guys come in. Y'all have great Bible studies. You guys all should get John Bevere. And just listen to John. 
Just listen to John. You know what? Priscilla Shriver, just listen to her. Just, just, if you'll just do Bible studies, guys, from now until you die, just do Bible studies, God, y'all be awesome. That didn't happen. It was allow the Holy Spirit to come in your life so that you can overcome and so that you can act. And the church will thrive if we'll overcome and we'll act. And so let's talk about these two real quick. It's easier for us to live with our sin. And you know what? Sin is not a good thing to talk about, especially when you got people visiting on their first Sunday. <laughs> oh, dear God. <laughs> Can we have a little encouragement? Yeah, I want to I give you some encouragement. I want you to be free. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want you to, every time your phone rings, you figure out, you, you worry about, I got it. I don't want you to have to lock your password, your, your, your car, car your, your computer, your phone. You have to lock everything. Because, <laughs> everybody finds out. <laughs> You're free. Come on. I want, you, I want you to be free. Look at this. Overcome sin. But while Christ, yes, he freed us from death and sin and the grave, sin, as we move forward, still leads to bondage. It still leads to heartache. It still leads somewhere. And if we give in to sin, it separates us from the relationship with the Father. That's what it always has done. Cain and Abel. Abel did what God said, Cain didn't. His pride rose up in his heart. God went to him and said, Cain, brah, listen, don't you know if you do right, I'll accept you? Come on. We've got to overcome this. Our guilt and shame become a leading factor in our life. And we start to disconnect, and I've seen it. People who were thriving, had a calling. I'm supposed to be here. This is what God's doing. This is, this is my church. This is what I'm supposed to be. And all of a sudden, because sin comes in, watch what happens. They disconnect from their calling. They disconnect from their friendships. They disconnect from family church. They disconnect, and they start working harder on their mask than applying the message. The Holy Spirit is what the Father sent to fill the void in your heart. Amen. There's a scripture verse that talks about Jesus was casting out a demon and, and he said, man, if you don't fill it up, something's going to come back. What are we supposed to fill it up with? The Holy Spirit. Right. It's never supposed to be an empty room. We bring in the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit then begins to start to, to guide us and correct us and, and, and encourage us. And, and, and something starts to move in our spirit, man, but it's never empty. It's not like, okay, I got all the bad stuff out and then I'll go to church and kind of fill up a little good. You live with the good and you read the word and you begin to grow in your faith. And this thing becomes activated and you want to go do something. Come on. The Holy Spirit is what the Father sent to fill that void. Overcome sin. Act. Come on. God truly is a good Father because He gives us the tools that we need to win. I, I want to win. I, wa I want my family to win. Come on. Anybody want their marriage to win? Anybody want their kids to win? Anybody want to see generational curses broken off their life? Anybody want to see their family walk in victory? I'm not saying you're going to have every perfect day. 
I'm not going to say there aren't going to be days that you're not going to be frustrated. I'm not, gonna, I'm not saying there aren't days that you're going to be like, Ugh. you know what I'm saying? You're driving, trying to get somewhere, someone drives like 15 miles under the speed limit. You're like, okay, God. We need to either have the rapture or something's going to happen. I ain't trying to sin, but listen. If we act, he'll strengthen you. Many in the church are working at trying to get their sin life better before they go do something. Well, I can't minister because of. Well, I can't do this because. You've got to go do it. Listen, Jesus called people all. I mean, it's like we've forgotten how he qualified the called. He just found people on boats. Hey, bro. Come and follow me. Oh, well, what about my daddy? Just leave him. Well, what about how I make a living? Just leave it. What about these fish in the body? Just leave it. And just come. Where are we going? I'll tell you later. Okay, I'll just follow. I'll just follow. I mean, it's like, hey, like, who does that? What man? I mean, I'm, I'm going to go with you, but who's driving? How are we going to get there? How much it costs? Well, I mean, I'm going to have all these things. And if I think for one second that you're going to be crazy, I'm driving. We'll both follow each other because you know, I'm just telling you. I'm grown. I just come on. I, okay. I mean, like, listen. God, Holy Spirit was sent into you so that you would help overcome the fear in your life. Fear is what separates us from doing what God's called us to do. Fear of what people will say. Fear that what, what if I try to step out and lead and all of the people who know who I used to be say, we know you. And here's the deal. They're going to do that because they did it with all the disciples. But greater is he, come on somebody, that is in you than he that is in the world. And for the church to have revival, its people have to act. They have to act. We're professional sitters. We have to act. Listen, he'll strengthen you, he'll encourage you, he'll stir you. God only requires one thing, that you would submit and come under his lordship. The power to make a difference comes from God. And let me tell you something. It's not just some innate leadership gifting. It's not just a personality. It is the work of the Holy Spirit. Church, my prayer is that the Holy Spirit would stoke a passion in your heart for you to live missional. That that you would allow him to consume anything in your life that doesn't bring him glory. That, That you would build the kingdom and not just visit. That you would tithe and not just tip. That, that, that you would overcome fear and walk in the truth that will set you free. That you would go and not just come. We are people who act. This is what God's called us to do. This is what God's called us to do. The second thing, We're talking about what the Holy Spirit activates in us. Love. Love. What was the difference between the Pharisees and the apostles? Love. 
Love was the difference. Because all of the religious people, they did the law. They did what Moses said. They, they, they studied it and they did it to the T. But it was the law, absence of love. And listen, truth without love cripples people. But love without truth keeps them infants. We've got to have both. We've got to have truth and we've got to have love. And we've got to love anybody who comes in regardless of where they're at or what season of life they're in because we don't know their story. We don't know their background. And the, the Pharisees could not love someone because they thought that they should know better. But Jesus' spirit, come on. Don't we read about it in 1 Corinthians? Love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't boast. It's not prideful. It's not arrogant. It's not puffed up. It doesn't keep records of wrong. That was Jesus' ministry. And that's why they could never corner Jesus. Because they were like, well, bro, why are you, we're supposed to stone this girl. Just saying. You let people like this go around unstoned, they may more. Let's go on and take care of this. I'm saying. A little leaven... Come on. Leaven's the whole bunch. Jesus was talking about an absence of love. Yeah. We got to love people. Now, we want to help them and we want to do small groups and we want to bring them along and hopefully we want the Holy Spirit to transform their lives. Come on, somebody, because that is the good news. The good news is wherever you came, that don't have to be where you end up. That's the good news of the gospel. Come broken, come addicted, come messed up, come jacked up. But you know what? If you'll roll with us for a little while, God will transform your life. The Holy Spirit will move in you and come on, you'll be different in a year. Love. If you, come on, we got to grow in love. And the Holy Spirit is the instigator. He is the one that helps bring the Spirit of God into us so that we can love those that are hard to love. And come on, you know some people that are hard to love. Y'all have family? I want to make sure that we understand that God is love. I'm not saying that God has love. God is love. Love is an attribute of God. Love is at the core aspect of God's character. It's in His person. All, that God, all of God, God's attributes are in perfect harmony with one another. And God, God loves us. Countless scripture verses that we could go to, but it's amazing. You know what? It, it is amazing to hear the story in, in, in Matthew of the, um, of, the, of the servant who wouldn't forgive, the unrepentant servant. Y'all remember that? Matthew chapter 18, verse 23. I'm not going to turn there, but I'm just going to paraphrase it. Matthew chapter 18, verse 23, if you want to look me up, you, that way you don't think I'm lying. Um, but the story is, we can receive the greatest amount of love and grace and mercy and still not give it to anybody else. This man owed the king like 10,000 talents. And the king brought him in, slapped him around a little bit, said, bro, where's my money? Come on, I need my money, you know what I'm saying? And uh, the guy, I don't have it. And he said, all right, go grab, go grab his wife, his kids, his mom, his, dad, his hog, go get them all, throw them in jail until this dude can pay me. 
And the, and, the, and the servant got on his knees and began to beg. Come on, I don't know if you've ever been in a position where you had to beg. <laughs> but he was begging. It was, it, was an, it was not one of those cute cries. It was nasty, snot, <laughs> crying, totally not, not, you know what I'm saying, not NWA style. <laughs> Cry. You know what I'm saying? But, but, but it was, it was kind of, it was, it was nasty. On the ground, groveling. And he goes, all right, ma'am, I'll forgive your debt, and I'll give you some time. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Leaving. Thank you. Where's the spears? <laughs> Thank you. It's cool. <laughs> awesome. Leaves, and then finds a guy who owns him like 300 denarii, way, 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 way much less than what he owed. And goes up and starts choking this guy. Give me my money, don't you? I mean, I'm, I'm beating this dude down. Throws him in jail and says, you won't be in there until I get my money. It's amazing because I feel like Jesus told us that verse. See, the Bible is not written to the heathen. The Bible is written to the believers. And come on, it's very easy for us to accept the grace, but never be able to give it. God, I thank you that you saved me from my wretched sin. I love the hymns. I'll sing them. I appreciate it. But look at that girl right there. Oh, God. She, 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 mm, I know you, Jezebel. You know what I'm saying? You'd be a whole lot happier. Your skirt went up so high. Oh, I know him. Oh, I know them. You hear what I'm saying? All I'm saying is that, that, that Jesus shows us that just because you can receive love and receive grace does not automatically mean that you give it. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit to move in our life so that we can love people. We can love people. The third one. The third one. And we're just talking about um, different ways, four different ways that the Holy Spirit um, points of activation is fruit. Come on, we got to have fruit. In, in Galatians 5, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Come on, can I just say something real quick? Who doesn't like those people? Like when you represent all of this, you have friends. Your Facebook is, is above 5,000, I'm just saying. If you have these type of people, if you are that type of love, Joy. Oh, man, today's great. Peace. Mm. Had a flat tire today. But I knew when I drove, tires go flat. <laughs> I just go down there and get another tire. Greeted the guys down there. Hey, guys, I'm trying to make you earn a living. It's a good day. Patience. You go to fast food, it ain't fast. It says fast food. They say they're fast. But you see everybody doing nothing. When you order, and you're like, guys, don't worry. God's got me on this divine timetable. If I die here, because it's taking forever, tell my kids I loved them. But I'm totally cool. It's great. Y'all keep playing. I'm sure my hamburger will cook itself. 
kindness. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> People honking at you. <laughs> love you too. <laughs> love you too. Honk if you love Jesus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Goodness. Just always doing good for somebody. Just always doing good. Hey, man, I was thinking about you. Hey, I'm texting you. Hey, I'm what? I don't have time for all these people. Just, just goodness. Man, oh, God. Faithfulness. Doing what you're supposed to do when no one's walking, when no one's watching, when your boss isn't there. Come on. Faithfulness. Doing it like you would if he was right over your back, right over her, if she was right over your back. Gentleness. God, uh, I don't know if I can do that one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Gentleness, just people respond, and you're like, yes, no emotion, <laughs> no, <laughs> that's easy for me. Um, Self-control, self, uh, I'm fine, it's good. I want to respond like that. I'm very mad right now, but I will sit and communicate. I'll tell you, I'll tell you my feelings. I mean, who doesn't have friends when, they're, when they operate that way? But here's the deal. The reason that many worldly people look at the church as irrelevant is because that's not the goal for us. The goal is to get to heaven. But the reality is that's a dumb goal because if we get saved... That's money in the bank. Let's work on here and now. Let's work on these things. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to activate us so that we can be different and respond different. And when we go through hard times, people are like, how come that didn't knock you out? How come this, this, this issue, this thing, how come that didn't ruin your life? How come when you lost that person or this happened or that happened? I don't understand you. And then it's an open door for God and for us to speak to, to people about the truth of what What's real? Listen, can I tell you about the fruit? This fruit doesn't just appear. It's a process. And it's grown over time. It requires attention. And here's the thing about fruit that is probably the most frustrating is it grows on a tree and it has to be pruned. Come on, when you prune a branch, you remove what's dead, damaged, and diseased, and pruning stimulates growth. And some of you may be in a season where the Holy Spirit, where God is pruning you, and you feel like, oh, everything I do, you're pruned, you're being pruned. But guess what? God has a plan for your life. He wants to see you grow. He wants you to just go rise higher and affect more and produce more. And so don't ever feel like the pruning is the enemy. Because God's trying to grow your character. He's trying to grow who you are. And if you'll let the Holy Spirit, come on, prune me. Make me what you want me to be. Prune me and make me in the image of God. Not the image of Steve. John 15 says this, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes it away. And every branch that bears fruit, check this out, he prunes. He prunes. The good ones he prunes and the bad ones he takes. So he's always cutting on me. He's always working on me. He's always doing, can I get a break? I produced something. I made some grapes and apples and oranges. and I did something with my life. 
Snip, snip. Tweak, tweak. Snip, snip, tweak, tweak. And here's the deal. If you'll submit to that process, God will get much glory from your life. And that is the goal. The last is this. We're talking about four activation points that the Holy Spirit does in our life. The first is power. The second is love. The third are fruits. And the last one is this, is gifts. Come on, he gives us gifts so that we can minister to people. He gives us gifts so that, so that people can, can feel encouraged and loved. He gives us gifts, and the Bible is clear on all of these gifts. The Spirit gives us gifts so that we can connect with other people. Come on, have you ever been in that, in that, in, in, in that flow where you're in that pipeline where... God begins to speak to you and your heart becomes compassionate for somebody else. That moment is an operation, is an opportunity for your gift. God, the Holy Spirit is starting to have, activate something. And maybe He wants you to speak. Maybe He wants you to pray. Maybe He wants you to help. Maybe He wants you to minister. I don't know what gift He's going to use through you, but it's always brought about by love and it's always brought about by compassion. He saw Mary and Martha and He broke for them and He called Lazarus up. Different times you can see God activated because the Spirit of God had compassion and there was love that went forth. Our goal as believers is to love. Our goal for believers is to love. And listen, these gifts, they're listed in the Bible. Very clear. Gifts of wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, Tongues, interpreting, administration helps. And let me just tell you, if the church was alive and active in these areas, it would not be weird or spooky. People would be running to the altar healed. People would be running to the altar with their life changed. People would be running to the altar with a, with a message of hope and truth that would change their life. And it is my goal and it is my hope that we, this body, that we focus and allow the Holy Spirit not to be <laughs> the red-headed stepchild that we don't talk about, but He is someone who is active and present in our life, and we are looking for ways to get Him involved in our life. You want to know the key to victory? Unlock the Holy Spirit in your life. Unleash Him in your life. You, Nick, come on up. Unleash Him in your life, and I promise you, I promise you this, a year from now, you will be producing at a level that you weren't before. At a year from now, you'll be somewhere different. That's, that means it's time to go. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> listen, listen. The Holy Spirit cannot be someone that we hide in church. You need Him. Thanks for listening. To see what's happening at the house, follow us on social media at the house underscore NWA.